It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? My guest, Alan Sterk, joins me to talk about his future, potentially in Canton, as well as in the broadcast booth, as well as his past here on today's Locked On Falcons. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black, and, of course, the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, who's going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we thank each and every one of you that continues to make this illustrious podcast your first listen throughout this downtime in the summer make sure you follow in the footsteps of our everydayer shout out to them who subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you listen to podcasts so today's episode is all about matt ryan right you know we can take a time to look back uh at the falcons most recent quarterback as you know the next six months will be all about you know, potentially the future of the falcons and i am joined by of course alan sterk and we are going to talk all about Matt Ryan, his Hall of Fame chances, his, you know, what he brings to the table as a broadcaster, as well as remember some of the good times for Matt Ryan uh, in Atlanta. So that is what's in store for you on today's episode. Let's jump right into it with my guest, Alan Stark. All right, everyone, you are back with another illustrious guest. He is none other than Alan Stirk, former co-host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, former co-host of the Falk Fans podcast, contributor at the Falcoholic, the SB Nation website for the Atlanta Falcons, and of course, the guy that runs the entire Odyssey ship. Alan, welcome back to Locked On Falcons. Thank you for the hell of an intro. So we are at that time of the year where, you know, not a whole lot going on. And so I, I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of take a look back. We've done that a couple of times now, Alan, over this period of time during the summer with, you know, the historic Falcons historian shootout from several years ago. You know, there, there's there been some rumors that, you know, that might be coming back uh, potentially next summer or something like that. We'll see. Uh, but we, we like to look back at, at this time of year because, you know, there's not a whole lot going on. And I figured, why not look back at, you know, arguably the greatest uh, Falcon ever? And that is, of course, Matt Ryan. And right off the bat, Alan, let's let's jump into the deep end. Do you think Matt Ryan deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I don't. I think as much as I appreciate longevity and being at the top of your position, I just think there's something lacking with Matt Ryan's best hand. Of course, we could talk about the Super Bowl, but I'm talking about the truly elite years. Because I just think with the Hall of Fame, we got to start considering, like, the cream of the crop, the premium. Like, I love longevity as much as the next person. It's consistently great. 
but rewarding someone like Matt Ryan is kind of like rewarding like Frank Gore. Like I call that like the whole very good. It's just I look at Matt Ryan besides 2012 and 2016, can we really pinpoint a season where he was a top three quarterback? I have my doubts. I think he's had several seasons as a top 10, but you know, when you look at the resume and of course the lack of a Super Bowl and and I think recency bias will also play an effect. I just think how the cold season, unfortunately, was a complete debacle. That won't be forgotten. So I just think all those things adding up, it just the Falcons kind of after 2017 not being the playoffs, there's enough things that are going to damage his resume as great of a career he's had because there's no denying Matt Ryan for at least half, if not 60% of his career, was a top 10 quarterback. But I don't think top 10 – consistently should get you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I, I, I pretty consistently thought Matt, of Matt Ryan as like the eighth best quarterback in the NFL for most of his career, rather than mm-hmm. that sort of top three, top five type of guy. Uh, and, you know, there there is something to be said for being that player for as long as Matt Ryan was, as you said, longevity. It is notable to me that when you look at websites like Pro Football Reference, who have their little hall of fame monitor thing that you know i don't know what exactly goes into it matt ryan hits the threshold right around what the average hall of fame quarterbacks career on whatever they calculate that and it's right around it's actually slightly better than ben roethlisberger and philip rivers um in that regard and you know my stance with matt ryan is like i you know i should have a horse in a race but i don't really have a horse in a race in terms of whether he should get in Uh, you know i've always long thought that he probably would get in um and a lot of that was due to feeling like he had as good if not a better career than other quarterbacks that are in the hall of fame players like troy aikman and kurt warner warren moon although i think warren moon's in for historical significance because of you know basically being the first great black quarterback uh in the he's not better career than kurt warner Ooh, I know Kurt Warner's career was a roller coaster, but Kurt Warner's peak. Ooh. I mean, Kurt Warner was really good for like four years, and then yeah. like was really mediocre for like. But those four six years, years. We're yeah, talking yeah, about Super Bowls and. I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I just feel like as an overall body of work, like I get Matt yeah. Bright, You know, like Kurt Lo- Kurt Warner was a little rough for like half of his career, and I don't know. Mm. if you know, the Colts season and maybe like one or two others in Matt Ryan's career, like he, he was never as rough as that. So for that reason, like I felt like Matt Ryan had a good chance to get in, but I I kind of agree with you in this sense of like the last couple of years in Atlanta and this final year with Indianapolis is going to leave a really bad taste in people's mouths with Matt Ryan. And I already thought he would, you know, if and when he becomes uh, eligible, which we would assume if he's done playing as of today will be five years from now. I already thought he was, he was going to have to wait several years regardless of, of how the rest of his career played out. But now it does feel like it's going to be put further on the back burner in his career. So ultimately I don't know the answer, but before like, if you had asked me like three years ago, I would have said like, yeah, there's like a 70% chance that Matt Ryan's in the hall of fame. And now I'm like, it's probably at best a coin toss. Yeah. And I think the Falcons kind of did the service to him. Like, I actually blame the Falcons more than Matt Ryan, the player himself, for the reason why he probably won't be in the Hall of Fame because the Falcons absolutely 
botched their roster building. It's not being competitive. Like they were out of the playoff race several years by October, November. But you, know, you look at seasons like I think 2017 and 2021, like Matt Ryan kind of numbers will indicate it, but I thought he played uh, better than it was the box store suggested. Like 2021, quietly. But you look at those games against like Miami and New Orleans, those victories. Wow, you, these are just flawless performances, but we didn't get enough of that. And it's just the fact that the Falcons, they, they look at what your team has done. It's unfortunate. I, I think the Hall of Fame very much so is a flawed process. Like I'll tell you right now, uh, I would 100% put Matt Ryan before Eli Manning, but I unfortunately think Eli Manning will get it, even though I feel like Eli Manning has absolutely zero business being in the Hall of Fame. Just does not have the consistency whatsoever. But uh, I just think they look at your team background, and that's why a person like Eli Manning will probably get in, while the likes of Matt Ryan and probably Philip Rivers will be cast aside, even though they've absolutely had better careers than Eli Manning. Yeah. Um, normally, I'm not a person that, you know, feels like dying on a hill when it comes to the Hall of Fame debates and conversations or whatever. But, you know, if Eli gets into the Hall of Fame, I, I, that is going to be one hill I am definitely going to die on because <laughs> he is very undeserving of it. And I, I liked Eli for a large portion of his career. But when it got to the point where it's like he won his first Super Bowl or second, whenever it was, I, I can't remember which Super Bowl it was that he won. And everybody and, and I start you started, you know, you always get the ridiculous articles after the Super Bowl, but it's like. Is Eli better, the best Manning quarterback in his family? I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, we don't have to do this. We really don't have to do this every single time. Like, you know, oh, it's it's like the whole, you know, Julian Edelman, is he a Hall of Famer stuff? And it's like, come on, man. Like, we don't have to do this. Like, he balled out in January, but that is not a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. But you know, it's unfortunate after after that Eli second Super Bowl, we had uh, Joe Flacco elite, like what? <laughs> A year or two later, yeah, yeah, like so. It was it was a rough stretch where just like wow, we really have to put up with mediocre quarterback play, and then all of a sudden, three really good games in the playoffs, and now the whole consensus opinion changed. Like, hey, we can look at Nick Foles as well, unfortunately, and the yeah. Falcons were a victim of that. Even though, like, we watched that game, I was there live, I covered it, and Nick Foles was abysmal that game. But it's just you have two or three of those games just put you over the top on the biggest stage. And that's why you see the likes of Eli Flacco and look at look what happened with Nick Foles, Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's just I they we know how much national you know mainstream games are gonna decide what opinions like. And unfortunately for Matt Ryan, he had some rough ones. Like we're talking about later in his career, those things Thanksgiving games, unfortunately, that will be glued in people's minds because it was really the only time the Falcons were on prime time. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It is definitely unfortunate. So sorry to disappoint all, all the listeners, all the viewers with us not coming on here and, and saying what you want us to say, which is absolutely Matt Ryan is 100% a Hall of Famer. Or anybody who says otherwise is crazy person. Unfortunately, you know, Alan and I have to be real with you and, you know, color us skeptical, as I guess is the best way to put it. But we I look forward we, to a ring of honor. That's that's what we're looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. V- very deserving. And and certainly, you know, no bones about him having the best career of any Falcon player and the greatest draft pick of all time, all that stuff and more. All those accolades are well deserved. But whether or not he will be recognized to be part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame remains to be seen. I'm, I'm still hopeful, but we'll just sort of have to see how that goes, but we'll we'll continue this retrospective about Matt Ryan and maybe say some more positive things about Matt Ryan as we continue today's Locked on Falcons.
But first, guys, I want to tell you about LinkedIn. Just like the Atlanta Falcons, you may be a small business owner or a hiring manager, and you know that your success in 2023 all depends on hiring the right team members that you surround yourself with. And that's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs, where you can quickly attract and hire qualified candidates by matching with people who have the skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goals. If you think of it like a football team and you're trying to make the playoffs, you'd like to find the right quarterback or the right playmakers to help you achieve that goal. So put your job posts for free in front of over 800 million member profiles to find the most qualified candidates with LinkedIn jobs. It's easy to screen and rate applicants based on their job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs is going to help you find the quality of qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster or post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Jake from locked on. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. So continuing this conversation here with Alan Sterk of The Falcoholic and so many other things. Uh, Alan, you know, since we were so quote-unquote negative uh, about Matt Ryan's Hall of Fame chances uh, oh, to start the show... Um, <laughs> You know, let's 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 talk about some positive things. So we will definitely not be talking about his time in Indianapolis. Um, so let's rewind the clock to some some good times when when Matt Ryan was going strong and playing at MVP levels. And I think we have to kind of go back to 2018. Although, as you mentioned, we did get some glimpses of of the good Matt Ryan in 2021 and, and some of the other recent seasons. But um, you know that last year I think where it really looked like Matt Ryan was one of the, the best quarterbacks in the league was probably 2018. Would you think that's fair? Yeah, I would say so. I just want to mention to listeners that if you want to hear more Matt Ryan praise, you can listen to the 180 episodes we've done in <laughs> over the past years. That is true. Because uh, I was always definitely very complimentary. And I know we love Matt Ryan. It's just, we got to assess what the whole fame is like, but 2018. Yeah. It was, Wow, that was like a, such a rollercoaster season. But I just feel like when it came to the early stages, and unfortunately, once again, we got to talk about Matt Ryan on primetime, that Eagles game. Just look, the Eagles, anytime Matt Ryan played the Eagles, unless it was throwing to Byron Maxwell, uh, his direction with Julio, it just did not end well. Like that Eagles, that first game was rough. I covered a game, and it was a rainstorm. It was like 93 degrees, and boy, he took a beating. But I would say that from Carolina, New Orleans, Cincinnati, that three-game stretch, where basically the defense couldn't stop anyone, like you won't see better quarterback play. Like man, he carried offense. This is a time when this they Falcons the jokes were oh they can't score in the red zone, and then Matt Ryan proceeded to like score in the red zone every single time they got in the red zone those three games. And 
I think that was so special from that 2018 season. It's just when the odds were really stacked against them, injuries completely decimated defense, players not stepping up. Matt Ryan took the initiative. And, and let's not forget the running game was kind of an afterthought. You know, this was also the first year with – well, not – First year, the return of Dirk Cutter, not the first year with Dirk Cutter. Let's let's specify that. No, Dirk but, Cutter was that was twenty eighteen was still Sark. Wow. All right. Well, shame on me. Look, there, there will <laughs> definitely not be any positive things said about Dirk Cutter on this podcast. I guarantee. But yeah, you. I remember Sark was getting his way. Yeah, which is crazy. I should I should remember. Yeah. So no. Yeah, nothing with Dirk. I, I know but, you weren't the biggest fan of Sark, so you you pushed no, that I was, out of your the, Yeah, I'm not definitely not. But I will say. Uh, I think that was, what we look back on 2018, though, was the fact that against all odds, Matt Ryan thought, especially the first half of the season, played at an extremely high level and kept the Falcons afloat during what could have been a very dark time for the franchise. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, 2018 also was Muhammad Sanu's best season in Atlanta. So, oh my God, now you're complimenting Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> what, what is hey, You know, we're you gotta gotta go all the way in the other direction, right? Um, yeah, I think you know. 2018, I think he balled out that year. You know, 2017, that first year under Sark, it felt like he played well. The offense and the structure around him was not nearly as good as it needed to be in order to get the most out of Matt Ryan. Obviously, we saw in 2016 what the most out of Matt Ryan looks like with that MVP season. Um, I'm curious, when you look back at that MVP season, and I know I, I, I certainly have been someone that has fallen into this trap far too often is that I, I tend to give maybe Kyle Shanahan too much credit for Matt Ryan's MVP performance. I'm, I'm just curious now that we have many, many years of, of hindsight to look back at it, you know, where do you kind of fall on that balance between how much of it was Kyle Shanahan, how much of it was Matt Ryan himself? There's no denying Kyle Shanahan's influence, the way he was scheming up plays, but you look at some Matt Ryan's throws from that year, the one against Carolina on Christmas Eve, I think it was to Josh Perkins, of all people. That's about threading the needle. Like that was just one of those moments. And I just feel like Matt Ryan had so much command in the pocket that season. Like he felt comfortable finally turning his back on play action because obviously with Kyle Shan's offense, he ran a lot of play action. But there was just signature moments like the touchdown against Green, uh, Green Bay in the regular season to Taylor Gabriel. That was like Taylor Gabriel's first of many shining moments where – I remember there was jokes about Matt Ryan's arm strength going to season because of you know how bad 2015 was and the infamous uh, clip during the preseason of Kyle Shannon intercepting Matt Ryan. So there was always jokes about his arm strength. But Matt Ryan, I don't know what the numbers were off the top of my head, but he's, if I'm not mistaken, he was definitely one of the most accurate deep throwers that season. And he, he just seemed completely dialed in. And uh, he was just looking at some of those moments. And even the playoffs against like Seattle, which was a very intimidating environment. I know they're at home, but this was still the Legion of Boom, and this was defense that was coming after him. And I think the way Matt Ryan, to me, always was kind of hot and cold when it came to handling pressure. But I would say from, like, 2016 to 2018, he just seemed most comfortable handling pressure. And I think he stepped up when it came to just being an athlete, and you saw that at the start of 2016. So I would say the command in the pocket, but also navigating through pressure were, like, the biggest things for me when it came to watching Matt Ryan in 2016. Yeah, I think command is the right word with Matt Ryan because you, you saw like when, you know, I, I think this was a knock on Matt Ryan early in his career because I, I remember Doug Farrar and, and and Greg Cosell talking about this on the podcast way back in the day, like from like 2013 and whatever, mm -hmm. where they were critical of Matt Ryan's 
um, ability to kind of thrive when things got muddy, when the pocket got muddy and whatnot. And you, yeah. you just mentioned sort of some of his issues struggling, uh, handing pressure, but it, that was something that he got better at that ability to, to, to be functional and in, in capable off structure mm -hmm. and create on, on his exactly. own got better as, as he aged. And I think some of that was owed to, it had to, because he, he, he spent so many of those previous years under fire um, you know, from the pressure. And it was just like, you know, you're kind of a sitting duck, but, you know, to the command point, like it did feel like that 2016 season, you know, in addition to all the, the great play calling that Kyle Shanahan did and all the weapons that he had, but like, that was the year where Matt Ryan truly commanded the offense where it was just like, he had, he like, he figured it out. Like that's what the 2015 issues were, were just like, I, I don't really know what this offense is because it's really like the first time he had to learn a brand new offense since his rookie season because when Dirk Cutter came in the first time, he just kind of just like took the malarkey offense and the verbiage and just basically was like, okay, we'll cut this stuff out and we'll focus on this stuff and we'll throw in the four verticals play concept and then like that's it, right? A lot more screens. God mentioned that. <laughs> There's a way more screens. <laughs> yeah, and so like it felt like that first year in 2015 that was very up and down. And then once in 2016, he had that command. And unfortunately, it felt like the subsequent years after that, he still had the command of the offense, but the 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 structure wasn't quite there because of the play calling. Mm -hmm. And so like that to me is what really stands out when I go back and, and look at the 2016 stuff. It was just like this was Matt Ryan at his peak, just like just feeling it, you know, just like, you know, kind of a heat check type of, you know, sort of situation in a lot of those games throughout that season. Yeah. And I look at the two Seattle games, the away game against Denver, like he was going to get some of the top defenses in the league. And it just, you know, the pressure was coming. Like I remember we were previewing those games. Like, oh, this is going to be a daunting matchup. Like how's he going to handle this? And I do think that's a very fair critique early in his career. Matt Ryan did struggle under pressure, particularly on the road. Like you look at some of those games against Tampa Bay and, even uh, those Saints defenses back in, what was it, 09, 10, 11? So uh, I think that was honest critique. But I, it's just, of course, the infrastructure of the offense. But I do think Matt Ryan really improved not just his pocket presence, but as an athlete. Like there was some weird transformation. And I know he, he's done a lot of offseason work, but I'm, I'm blanking on the person. But he worked with someone after the, I'm not going to call it a train wreck, but let's just say very <laughs> disappointing 2015 season. He clearly had a point to prove. And I just thought, you look at some of the moments and the great Dave Cho, he had jokes from every time, but like those scrambles, like there was this times so you just pick up a key, it would be third and 11, you get 12, 13 yards. And he just showed the confidence there because I think he was a bit too dependent. Like, like he's very robotic at times, like earlier in his career. And I, I think he, as he got older, he's like, all right, I'm going to take more command of the offense and you know, salute to him for it because you know, he ultimately elevated the team. I know we could talk about certain skill position players, but, and none of this that none of their success happens without Matt Ryan. Yeah, I would agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, and uh, speaking of elevation, I guess we'll try this as a segue. Um, let's continue the conversation talking about whether Matt Ryan's going to elevate his teammates on the television screen as Ooh. we uh, wrap up today's episode with Matt Ryan moving into the the broadcast booth. So we'll continue that conversation here with Alan Stirk, but. Before we get there, guys, I do want to shout out the everydayers that are tuning in each and every day that make this illustrious podcast 
their first listen each and every day. Of course, follow in their footsteps by subscribing on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, wrapping up today's episode, uh, this retrospective, and obviously, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of a podcast does not do Matt Ryan the full uh, justice that his career deserves. So this will probably not be the last time uh we you know matt ryan gets his flowers on this podcast but we might have to save it for that day or that week or whenever it is uh when he's you know inducted into the ring of honor and um you know he's now broadcasting he's made it known that he is not retired that you know his his phone number is, is still you know listed i don't know i don't know how that analogy works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. I, I was like, hmm, how he's got that his work? LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah. he, unlike he doesn't need to work out with questionable people like Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan, he, he's his profiles out there. He's going to be on TV. His, his skin's going to be glistening. This man's going to make great donations like he always is, giving back to the community, particularly in Atlanta. You know, he, I think he was at a Hawks game not too long ago. And Matt Ryan, this man, this, this is a man of integrity. So if a team gets desperate, what better way? to represent your franchise and maybe get a couple of wins on Matt well, Ryan. Well, if history, if history says anything, the 49ers by week eight will be down to their third string quarterback. So I, I think, <laughs> Oh, please. We might, we might get that uh, phone call from uh, Kyle oh, Shanahan, you know, baby is, come back. This Matt awesome. Ryan, 350 yards, 280 of them while pure yak because the 49ers just have a superhero offense. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to Matt Ryan on TV, I know you you are a big fan of D'Angelo Hall on TV. You you were one of the biggest proponents of D'Angelo Hall. You know, on the D'Angelo Hall scale, how do you think Matt Ryan will be as far as broadcasting goes? The thing is, I don't think – I haven't seen much D'Angelo Hall on TV recently. Yeah. I, I, like he's kind of faded a bit. I hear Mon on the – W what 106.7 the fan in Washington DC. So he's still got a strong presence in DC. They love whatever reason, I guess because he's played there longer. I wonder how many years he played in Washington, but Washington seems to love him a lot more in Atlanta. I feel like he played like seven years in it in Washington or something like that. Okay, he, played, that's, he played a good okay. little while there. Okay, that's significantly more than Atlanta. Okay, my apologies. He played what four years in Atlanta, one year, half a year in Oakland. <laughs> half a year. <laughs> Listen, man, shame on Rob Ryan. That's all I'm gonna say, man. That's that wasn't the end of Hall's fault, man. Shame on you know, Eddie Royal. Things happen in life, but uh. The Angel Hall scale—that's a weird scale to go on. Like I just I was, I, I was thinking like Ryan Clark or <laughs> Marcus Spears. You know, people we see daily, or even I like just, a look, anytime Smith. I talk to you, I got to talk about D Hall at some point. All right, all right. look, the brand—the <laughs> brand's got to stay strong. But uh, no, I think Matt Ryan would be great on TV. I know people could be a little pessimistic because if you remember his post-game press conferences, they were rather straightforward and kind of—you wouldn't get too much. Noteworthy comments from him. There wasn't so much insight, but I think now Matt Ryan's in a different position in his life, and I think 
his opportunity to not just provide analysis, but and I'm not saying he has to be critical, but at least he give you like science teams look and just kind of show what the modern day offense is. I think Matt Ryan just playing recently could give an idea to a lot of broadcasters and, and analysts who, let's be frank, they've been out of the game for over a decade and they can be about outdated with their analysis. Like, you know, you see it, especially with CBS and Fox, like a lot of their guys, they had in a league 10, 15 years. You know, so having someone like Matt Ryan there, who was just literally right in the league. And I think someone that has a pulse on what's going on and, you know, how to run some of these offensive schemes could be a really good thing. So he doesn't need to be bashful because, look, Matt Ryan, he, he's his own person, and he's going to be a little quirky. But I think he's in a more relaxed position where I think he's going to provide more than his post-game press conferences. Because I, I totally agree. Like, I've been to some of them, and, yeah, those press conferences were pretty vanilla. I think Matt Ryan, in the position that he's in now, I think he's going to give the audience a lot to think about. I got you. I got you. My, my, my only concern with Matt Ryan on TV is – Will he be willing to say the things that he wants to say because he doesn't want to burn any bridges in, in the event that someone gives him that phone call, you know? Oh. Uh, but I feel like he always has a good way of words. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll, like, I know he likes to drop an F-bomb here and there, but he's not going to do it on CBS. <laughs> oh, only only, only in, um, to the Carolina Panthers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and let's not – we got to take into account how aware Matt Ryan is. Like, this man – knows how to give daps, give handshakes. Let's not forget that glorious moment. You see Nate Burleson, he dap up in the boomer. Within two seconds, proper transition to a firm handshake. So Matt Ryan's TV awareness is already on a super high level. Hey, when when uh, Chris Jenkins and and, and um, Cam Jordan are, are chasing you for life, you, you got to have your head on a swivel, you know? All right, hold on. That's two decades we're talking about here, man. And oh, my God. We went from Christian. I thought you were going to say, like, Gerald McCoy. I, wow. I Look, I couldn't think of anybody. Cam Jordan was the, the first name that popped in my head. It was Chris Jenkins, and I was like, wait, where am I going with this? Course, uh, and then yeah, Cam Jordan. Jordan. So, yeah, you know, he, he, he just, you know, that that pocket awareness is, is definitely key. So that's what you're talking about there. But, uh yeah, you know, I wish Matt Ryan the best. It's obviously unfortunate things did not end well here in Atlanta and obviously did not end well here or there in Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, I would like to see him get some redemption at some point. Um, maybe that is, you know, getting that gold jacket in, you know, a couple of years from now. Uh, maybe that's the redemption that he gets. Um, we certainly Are you excited will. for him on CBS, though? Like, like... You think yeah, I mean, well? yeah, I think he's, he'll do very well. I think he's born for this. I, I mean, sure. Uh, like, I, I don't really watch the pre, <laughs> the pregame shows, so it's just like, you know, but you see the clips. The clips will. Yeah, come up. yeah I mean, uh, I'll pay attention. I'll pay more attention to it this yeah. year because he's on it than yeah. I would in the past. But usually, twelve o'clock at on Sundays, I'm just like chilling. Just yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But you know, I think in certain moments, whether it be. I don't know. Like, I think it was good for him to be on the playoff coverage. That was cool because I think the playoffs, you get longer coverage and there's not too much going on. But I agree, yeah, 12 o'clock on a Sunday, there's a lot going on. It's hard. But I think there will be clips here and there that will pop up three, four minutes on Twitter. We're like, oh, I want to check this out because they might talk about a serious matter or they might talk about, you know, why is Mike Pitano's offense thriving? Or, hey, why is Arthur Smith's offense booming? Like, you know, you're going to check it out. Matt Ryan's talking about it. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. I, I, I do think even though they're a bit 
you know, they got a couple of older guys there, but I do think CBS, they're building something pretty nice with him and Burleson. I'm glad they're starting to branch out to recent players. Even though I yes. feel like Burleson's been gone for a bit, but he's still, he just feels youthful to me. Like, I feel like Burleson always really has the pulse on what's going on. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. CBS is definitely ahead of curve compared to Fox. I mean, it's like, can we get some non-boomers on Fox's pregame coverage at some point? You know, Strahan's doing the best he can, but like at a certain point. I consider Strahan old now. I mean, he is yeah, old, but yeah, compared you play, to the... You play to 08. Like you retire in 08. I mean, compared to Bradshaw and, 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 oh. and Howie Long and those guys, yeah. Strahan is a young man yeah. uh, compared to those guys, so... Yeah. Can I make a suggestion for CBS? You know what they should do? Hire Tony Gonzalez. Oh, you just bring it all together. Come <laughs> he on. was on. He was on CBS, wasn't he? Yeah, I feel like Tony Gonzalez is on every network. I think he's just doing his thing. He might end up on NBC next. <laughs> like literally, because he's been on Fox. Yeah, and I feel like he's done some stuff on NFL Network. So, yeah, I want to see Tony in more movies. Okay, that's a hell of a turn. That's 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 always been my thought on Tony. Like, I think he could act. You know, okay. Namdi Asamoah has a, a movie coming out or something like that. I don't, wow. I don't know. So, okay. you know, more movies, Tony. If you're watching, more movies. Okay. Anyway, Alan, let the people know what's going on in your world, where they can find your stuff. As we duck out of here, uh, Alan Stark. That's A L L E N S T R K. I don't know. It's with with it's the type of year or time of the year excuse me where it just you kind of just experimenting with content i'm in that mode right now i'm trying to figure out what to do until a training camp starts so nothing really pressing at the moment that i could really promote but i'm sure come july there's gonna be some fun stuff coming from the falcon holder absolutely well in terms of experimenting here on the lockdown falcons podcast we got a lot of nfc south content coming the rest of the way this week guys so make sure you continue to make lockdown falcons your first listen. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.